0: From the
1: TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1, and it is day number three of NFL Free Agency, so of course, to talk about all the latest happenings, including some stuff that went down with the New York Jets, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, and above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly, Chris Some actual signings today for the Jets, although nothing huge. We will start at cornerback, where we knew that the Jets needed to do something because, as of right now, the only cornerbacks under contract to them are Nate Hairston, Blessin Austin, Brian Poole, and Daryl Roberts. And Daryl Roberts is about to be cut any day now. So they go out and they bring back Arthur Millette, who played pretty solid football for the Jets down the stretch. I'm not sure that he's somebody that you want to rely on to start, but at least you know he's somebody with actual starting experience. Don't know the exact terms of the deal, but we do know that it is a one-year agreement. This is one of those situations where Millette probably felt comfortable here. The Jets felt comfortable bringing Millette back. He's depth even if he doesn't end up starting, so real no-lose situation here. It's not anything that anybody should be doing cartwheels about, but at least he's somebody with actual starting experience who knows how to perform in the Greg Williams defense.
0: Yeah, molette um, played pretty uh pretty well last year. He had he had some moments where he played really well. Some others dipped a little bit below. We we've seen this before with cornerbacks. Uh so just like you said, this this is a good depth play. If Arthur Mallette has to, you know, spend like actual time as playing outside for long stretches, that's going to be a problem. But as far as death pieces, you got to assume that they're going to look to uh, draft a quarterback um, somewhere in the middle rounds, uh, earlier middle rounds anyway, and try to find somebody else there. But, Right now, you gotta you gotta assume that their hope is to have Bliss on Austin outside. Or hopefully, draft a rookie that can start day one outside, and then uh, pull on the inside. If uh, if Marlette has to play those, it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit worse. But at with the way this market has played out and what's out there and available, this was a perfectly fine move.
1: And another perfectly fine move that's not going to move the needle in any direction Is Neville Hewitt Neville Hewitt was forced into starting duty last year In place of the injured Avery Williamson Or in place of the injured C.J. Mosley Whichever one because they both went down So you could say Cashman and Hewitt Hewitt, and Cashman, you could throw Burgess into the mix Whoever it is you want to say filled in for who Neville Hewitt ended up starting most of the season He was okay, I guess, just based on expectations But he's not really all that good against the run He can't cover anybody, he's not anyone you want to start But at least he's solid depth, again, at one year, $2 million It's somebody that they're familiar with, somebody they're comfortable with So it's a solid move It's not going to move the needle one way or the other Same thing as the Arthur Millette signing
0: Yeah, I'd say it's pretty close to the same I'd I'd put it a notch below Millett I think uh, fans are a little bit overrating Neville Hewitt's season And what what he ended up doing But at one year, $2 million I can't possibly get worked up about that
1: And then let's talk about Robbie Anderson Because Manish tweeted out a picture of a solar eclipse, which a lot of people are taking to mean that Robbie is leaving. Robbie has no mention of the Jets on any of his social media, although I can't tell for sure whether it's always been that way or it hasn't because it's not something I tend to pay much attention to at any point. So it's possible that Manish is just messing around. It's possible that he knows something. I really don't know for sure. I texted him to ask. And he basically told me that he couldn't tell me anything right now. So that's where we're at with Robbie Anderson. Chris, if this does turn out that Manish knows something and he's just not saying exactly what he knows right now for whatever reason that would be, they're going to have to come up with some sort of contingency plan. Of course, the buzz going around right now is that Brandon Cooks could be available. He has a fairly expensive contract, but he would instantly upgrade the Jets receiving core. And I think... Most of us would agree that Brandon Cooks is a better wide receiver than Robbie Anderson. Anyway, the only downside with Brandon Cooks, of course, is the concussions. So my thought is, if that does happen, if Robbie Anderson does leave, if that's what Manish is hinting at, then perhaps the Jets can try and make a move for Brandon Cooks. I don't know how that would work or if there's some sort of financial arrangement they could come to because we know Joe Douglas doesn't want to spend any money on these guys, so I really don't know where this all sits right now. I think we're all under the assumption that the longer this goes, the more it favors the Jets. But it could also be a situation where the longer this goes, the more Robbie gets it in his head that he'd rather just take a one-year deal somewhere, pull a Dante Fowler, pull an Alshon Jeffrey, go play with somebody who's going to make him look good, and then cash out next year when the cap goes up.
0: Yeah, I don't... I, I don't know anything. I don't have any information to give on Robbie right now. But it's right now it could go in any direction. You can, we could sit here and we can try to read into any of this. Just like we can, you could sit here and try to read into Manisha's tweet. I'm sure he's just trolling. He's got to be home bored and nothing to do because uh, he could play that anyway. You could say, oh, oh, you know, I saw that. My first reaction was like, oh, he's gone. Sun God's been black uh, blocked out but then you could also say that like free agency is the eclipse. And then once he signs and comes back, then the sun will be the, stay out longer again. Uh, you could play this either way. And you could also read into the fact that he's still out there and the Mar- there hasn't been any connections drawn to him with any other teams. And you could say, Hey, the longer he stays out there, the more likely it is. He comes to the jets, but it's very likely that somebody comes in can come in and just swoop in and offer him a, a shorter deal, or maybe he's just weighing his options. It could go in any direction, and we can try to read it however we want, but it could just as likely go in the complete opposite direction. So with that said,
1: let's talk about what else is going on around the NFL right now, Chris. And a lot of the action this offseason has involved the draft class of 2015 And at first, I thought that was weird, but then I realized, of course, that's the case because these guys are all coming off their rookie contracts, so many of them are available. Some of them have been franchise tagged, but the two big ones today... We're running backs, and we'll start with Todd Gurley, who is a former Offensive Player of the Year, a three-time All-Pro, only 25 years old, but his health is declining, although, as you pointed out, Chris, he did have health issues coming out of the University of Georgia. Well, guess what? Now he's back in the state of Georgia. Apparently, Atlanta and Miami were the two teams that had shown interest in him when the Rams were shopping him, so Atlanta goes out and signs him. They bring him in, one-year deal. From what I understand, Chris, He's still going to be one of the top paid running backs in the league because the Rams still have to pay some of his salary based on cutting him and there were guarantees. So he's still going to be in the top five in running backs this year in terms of amount of money that he's going to make. I think it's a no-lose situation. You're signing a guy who you know has been a stud in the past. It's a one-year deal, so there's no major commitment. Gurley went to school in Georgia, so we know he has roots there So it's an opportunity for him to go back And as I said, Chris, this is a no-lose situation for either side If Gurley performs well, either the Falcons or somebody else will give him a nice contract next year When the cap goes way up And if he doesn't play well for Atlanta, he hits the road and they don't have to worry about anything So I think that this works out for both sides We'll see how much this ends up helping Matt Ryan
0: yeah, uh, it, if you're going to take a shot on something like that, then go ahead and take a shot on Todd Gurley. And if you're, j- if you're just paying him that, then that's fine. Um, you know, even without knowing uh, – just watching him run last year, I know the Rams as a whole uh, completely fell apart, and a lot of that was due to the offensive line. But, man, he just didn't look like the same guy. Um, maybe – in off season, maybe he had a nagging injury. Maybe, uh, off season to get better, maybe all this time off will end up helping him. Um, so it's absolutely worth a shot, and as long as he's not paying that much, but yeah, he's still going to collect that money because he's going to get paid from the Rams. So, uh, good for, good for him on that.
1: The other running back from that draft, as Todd Gurley was picked 10th was Melvin Gordon. He was picked 15th. He held out last year, a messy situation, wanted a big contract. Instead, he ends up signing with the Broncos. Two years, 16000000 13 and a half guaranteed. He's going to be a one-two punch with Phillip Lindsey, which I actually like a lot, and I think that that should take a good deal of the pressure off of Drew Locke as he enters his second season. According to Ian Rappaport, He turned down a little bit more money from another team because he wanted to stay in the division and ostensibly stick it to the Chargers, which you've got to admire because that's competitive spirit right there. But this is another player who gambled and lost. We saw it a little bit with Le'Veon Bell last year. Gordon took the same gamble, didn't work out in his favor. Instead, all he ends up with is a two-year $16 million deal. Thirteen and a half of it is guaranteed, but still, this is not what he wanted.
0: Yeah, he took the gamble, but the the problem is uh, he didn't he didn't even have the le- leverage that Le'Veon had, and Le'Veon didn't have very much leverage. Uh, but Zeke when Zeke held out, he had leverage because they had built so much of the offense around him; they had invested so much. Uh, he's the only running back that held out with actual uh, leverage recently, and Gordon didn't have any, and. Uh, You know, the one good thing for him is that offensive line was a disaster as well. So he got to avoid taking a bunch of hits for that many games. But it obviously didn't work out because Eckler came in and performed very well in his absence. And then Gordon came back and he really struggled to get going. So that really backfired on him. And now he's got to settle for this offer and be part of, uh, you know, backfield by committee approach in in, uh, Denver.
1: Everson Griffin's going to be leaving the Vikings He's almost 33 But still very productive last season Multiple time pro bowler Of course there is baggage there Because of an incident in which He reportedly pulled a gun Although that was never completely confirmed He's also had mental health issues We don't really know the extent of what that means Apparently the Browns and Cowboys Are interested But one team that is apparently not interested Is the Jets
0: Yeah that this doesn't seem like a move Joe D is making. If uh, Douglas was going to make this move, I would uh, imagine that he would have signed Jason Peters at this point already. I don't think that he's really looking to get, uh, you know, veterans, uh, older veterans on a short contract just to just to do it. Uh, the, it. It does feel like he knows that this is going to be – uh, a bit of a process of this rebuild And he's not going to go ahead and do something like that I could be off there But um, like I said I, I think if he was going to do that He would have already signed Jason Peters
1: Another key player from the 2015 draft Another top 15 pick Andrus Pete stays with the New Orleans Saints Five years, $57.5 million $33 million guaranteed this is a name that we never heard in conjunction with the Jets, which is kind of interesting. I think a big part of the reason is, A, we all knew he was going to cost money, and B, he doesn't fit the profile of what you should be noticing right now. Athletic linemen who are better pass blockers than run blockers. Anders Pete is known more for being a run blocker, so there you go. He was never going to be a fit for the Jets, but He's a perfect fit with the Saints. And he returns to that line where he is going to attempt to help Drew Brees get the New Orleans Saints back to the Super Bowl.
0: I honestly kept forgetting that he was available. It just, I mean, part of that is because there's a lot of other stuff going on in this world and my my brain is scrambled. Uh, if I was able to zero in on just free agency, maybe I wouldn't have forgotten. But I might have. I might have forgotten. So, yeah, uh, you know, and that that seems like a lot of money to pay. I'll just Pete, But, Obviously, the story for us here is that he is not going to the Jets. And yeah, as you said, it it makes all the sense why it seems to be a clear pattern in what they're going for uh, on that offensive line.
1: A lot of players apparently expressing interest in playing with the Buccaneers because they want to play with Tom Brady. One of those players may have been Joe Haig because he signs a one-year $2.3 million deal that gives him a chance to make up to $3.3 million. Versatile linemen should give them some flexibility there. Nice move for the Bucks.
0: I mean, sure, nice move for the Bucks. Schefter, will you chill on this? The free agents are going to flock to Tom Brady right now. How how many quality free agents are there even out there right now? Like, what well, what are you what are you talking about? Come on, stop! People aren't uh going to flock to there. There's not. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous I, I this the way that they keep painting this Brady stuff is, is driving me nuts. Um, I saw a rapport re- tweet out something uh, championships plural uh, about Brady signing um, all right guys pump the brakes with this, all right um, but yeah sure fine move I just I'm not calling that a uh, flocking of free agents. I had to get that out of been, it's been burning inside me all day.
1: We're going to get back to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in a second. But first, former Colts tight end Eric Ebron, also former Lions tight end. Signs of the Steelers, two years, $12 million. Why not? Sure. Sounds good.
0: Less money than Jimmy Graham got. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I, I like Ebron. He's really young, too. Uh, I know there was – I didn't like, love him coming out of college. Uh, there, it, it wasn't looking good for him for a while, in Detroit. I think he's rebounded quite nicely. He's still really young, and uh, I, I I like the move. It's, it's nothing crazy, but I like it.
1: And then, Chris, we get back to Tom Brady because here are the parameters of the contract. It is a two-year, $50 million deal. All of that's guaranteed, so now he becomes the second player in the NFL to have a fully guaranteed deal, the other one being Kirk Cousins. Also includes $9 million in incentives, $4.5 million in incentives per year. The contract prohibits a trade or a franchise tag. So essentially, Tom Brady is controlling his future. If he decides he wants to play at the end of the two years, he can stick around if he wants. But it will not be up to the Bucks. They cannot franchise tag him. They cannot trade him without his consent. I actually think two years, $50 million is not that big of a deal. The original reports were that it was going to be $30 million per. It looks like part of that is actually in incentives. Maybe that's Brady's way of keeping himself motivated. I'm not sure. But again, we talked about all of the surrounding issues with Tom Brady going to Tampa, both positive and negative. One other note, Chris Godwin has given up his number 12 to Tom Brady. Not really that surprised about that.
0: I hope he got enough. I I hope Godwin got enough. He I don't I don't see how he could have given up that easily and gotten enough. He should have held out and really pressed him for it. Um, I care more about that than I do about Brady being on Tampa. The more the more time I have to sit with this in my head, the more I think, man, this is not going to go well for them.
1: You're a hundred percent wrong, but that's okay, Chris, because time will show that you are being foolish here with your Tom Brady hatred and that the Buccaneers are actually going to be very good barring injury
0: play like a jet play like a jet
1: let's take some quick questions from the mailbag before we go first question is from randy sherman he says with the 2021 cap supposedly skyrocketing is that the year we're going to see jamal adams get a new deal haven't heard much noise regarding a new deal since the combine with jd not giving out big money to free agents do you feel like it sends the right message paying one of your own Do you think that this could mean that Joe Douglas doesn't actually want to pay Jamal and would want to trade him and get draft picks because it seems like that's more along the lines of what he wants to do? I'm combining two questions there because I forget who asked the second part of that. I'm not going to credit that to Randy because I don't want Randy to listen to this and be like, hey, I didn't ask that second part. Somebody else did, and I couldn't find it, so I just threw it in there at the end. But I think it's an interesting double side of the question there. I still think they're going to re-sign Jamal, but listen, with the way Joe Douglas has been doing this, it wouldn't completely shock me if he did end up trading him because he decides he doesn't want to pay a safety $16 million and he'd rather load up on the draft picks because it sure seems like he realizes this is going to be a two-to-three-year rebuilding effort. And if that's the case, then maybe he does actually want to trade Jamal Adams rather than paying him. I can't say for sure. I still think that when it comes down to it, He's going to end up paying Jamal, but we'll see soon enough, I suppose.
0: I think this is exactly how it's going to end up playing out is we will end up seeing, well, we'll have to wait to see exactly how everything else plays out, what type of uh, training camp schedule we have. But it, if, if everything was normal right now, I would say that around training camp, we'd probably start to hear about them working on a deal and getting the deal done and, They have uh, plenty of room left. They'll make some moves, maybe bring Robbie back, but they're going to have money to play with this season. They could probably even give him a long-term extension. Uh, They could give him some money up front. Uh, They could spread it out. I think they were waiting to see how they spent money, how much money they spent, and how the money is structured in years going forward. Before they'd really sit down with Jamal and start working out on a contract extension, and that it would just make sense to wait all that out first. Um, I'm not, I won't completely rule out trading Jamal, especially if uh, if somebody were to blow him away. But I'd, I it's a very very small chance I'd say right now. I think you right before the season you'll hear them talk about an extension. Maybe they make him play one more year But my guess would be that uh, They will extend him before the start Of this season
1: Next question comes in from Steve Ballou He says lots of talk about Joe Douglas not overpaying For players but do we really know If it's a case of him not overpaying Or whether he's matching offers But players are choosing not to sign with the Jets How can we tell for sure You can't tell for sure There could be part of that going on Right now as well but I think just based on what we know about how he came up in the Baltimore system, the way that he's apparently not getting in on the major, major free agents, or at least not to a level where he's willing to pay a fortune for the top guys. We've seen reporting on this. Connor Hughes has talked about it. Manish has talked about it. Chris, I know you've talked about it plenty times yourself. It seems like... He is somebody that has that philosophy that he just doesn't want to spend big on these free agents. I think Joe Tooney would have been the exception the same way that John Idzik spent for Eric Decker, although he got Decker on a pretty good contract. It was like five years, $35 million, if memory serves correct. So I think that would have been the big fish. But other than that, I think that Joe Douglas is more or less content to set a price. And if he can get the player for the price that he sets, great if it ends up being anything more than that, he's not going to be signing that player.
0: Yeah. It, it, you can tell because of the contracts given out to these players, uh, that they weren't, they were at a number that Joe Douglas wasn't going to, uh, I'm not going to say that nobody, no free agent decide, was like, Hey, no, I'm not going to the jets because of Adam. G-. I don't know that if how what's in players minds, but the there is nothing I have found no evidence to support like like groups of people you know multiple players saying no I won't go sign with the Jets because I don't want to play for Adam Gase um, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist on some level but again they're not he's not going near these numbers that'll be given out for uh, the players that they've they've been mentioned the only one that you know there's only one player I could even really think of that maybe he might have gone to that number um everybody else the number was too far off and again I'm not saying that people were excited about the idea of playing for Adam Gase but uh I I have found nothing to suggest that there's a bunch of free agents that they missed out on just because of Gase
1: I think it's probably a combination in that There probably are players that don't want to play for Gase And it might not have helped But I also think that Joe Douglas is somebody who has a price And is going to stick to it no matter what Joe Horning asks After the first few days of free agency Paint a picture for us Of what this team's going to look like over the next three years Is this team still going to have Jamal Adams And even Sam Darnold I highly doubt CJ Mosley and Le'Veon Bell will be here. Looks like it's inevitable that this is going to be a two to three year rebuild. Correct. I think that's exactly what you're about to see a two to three year rebuild. It'll work if Joe Douglas does a great job of drafting, it won't if he doesn't. And then at the end of it, he'll get fired and we'll have to start this whole process. All over again, which I don't know how many of us have the stomach for that But I think that's really what we're looking at right now As far as Darnold and Jamal Adams I think there's a solid chance that as we talked about Jamal Adams gets taken care of now If he doesn't get taken care of before the season Then maybe we're looking at something else Perhaps the Jets shop him again down the line But right now I'd lean towards him signing an extension As far as Darnold, listen, who knows He had the mono last year, and I don't want to use that as an excuse for him, but I'd like to see him completely healthy with that mono out of his system, and I want to see what he can do if he has better weapons or at least better protection. Now, time will tell if he gets either of those two things, but I think those would help, and also the fact that he's going to be fully healthy, you would assume. And if Darnold performs up to the level or even close to it that we expect him to, or I should say at least that we hope that he will— then I think that he's going to be here for the long haul because regardless of what he costs, Joe Douglas will never make the mistake of letting the franchise quarterback walk out the door. He'll tag him. He'll try and work out a deal. I don't think he would be going anywhere. The issue could come if Darnold, say, doesn't quite progress to the level that we're hoping he does and he's stuck sort of in that middle-of-the-pack type of territory or even a little bit below. Then you could see a situation where maybe they decide that they don't want to give him the big contract extension and they go in another direction and get a high draft pick quarterback in a couple of years at the end of the rebuild. I don't know. It's really going to depend on how Darnold performs. But I would say the expectation and the hope right now is that both Darnold and Adams will be here. Forget about C.J. Mosley and Le'Veon Bell because, yeah, by the time this rebuild is over, they'll both be gone.
0: Yeah. Another thing to add with Jamal, I think if he was going to trade Jamal, he'd probably be looking to do it like now. Um, or I've already done it. If, if he was going to trade Jamal, I would think he'd want to get, uh, the draft picks and stuff for before the draft for the draft. So I guess there's the possibility that leading up to the draft, but it would make more sense for something to happen around now. Um, Yeah, Jamal will likely be here. Unless Darnold just completely flames out uh, and just looks terrible, uh, I would expect him to still be back. Uh, Le'Veon's going to be gone after this year. Um, And then, yeah, Mosley Mosley probably won't be around for it. Because this is – I don't want to say a long rebuild, but how long of a rebuild is going to uh, depend on how well Jody can draft. But it's not going to be short. Um, this, this idea and this hope that they were going to be able to build a competitive enough team for this year, it, it's not looking good. And again, my biggest complaint about, uh, about this strategy is we're going to be uh, another year of hearing excuses for Adam Gase.
1: That's an abrupt
0: ending, but I
1: guess there's no other way to end that question than abruptly. Chris, thanks so much for coming on to talk about day three of NFL free agency and to answer some mailbag questions. Really appreciate it. We'll do more of this tomorrow. If there's no news, then we'll just answer more mailbag questions. If there is news, then we'll do what we've been doing and mixing the news together with answering mailbag questions. Chris, I know that you've got plenty of stuff up at your website, jetsinsider.com. So go ahead and talk about what people can expect when they head over there.
0: Yeah, uh, Nanny has got a, a new article up about uh, the best available free agents left. Um, uh, actually, I, I just realized this too. I have a, a new writer, Jack Williams, uh, on with us, and he's got a, uh, a his first article up, the top five Robbie Anderson mar- moments tribute to the sun god so go ahead and check that out and yeah uh there will be more as more news comes out we'll cover it and then we will end up uh like i said going forward look at what holes still need to be filled what they can do in the draft and all that good stuff
1: Go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work at jetsinsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and Turn on the Jets.com.